Welcome to the Legacy Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info. And you know, as I preach today, I'm not the teacher, he is. He's just using me to say things to you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, and to empower you. Okay? All right. Amen? Okay, that's a little better. Amen? Okay, I'm awake now, Pastor. So if you got your notes, who needs sermon notes? Wave at me. We're going to look at something today. And I ask a question. Are we living in the last days? And oh boy, when people start talking about the last days, they read Revelation and it's got, this dragon's got 10 heads and this is that and that and this and people get all wiry and, and uh, scared and come on, relax. Jesus is Lord and if you, you know him, then you know what? You're going to be all right. And so we're going to look at, at a, a, just a couple of things that we need to be doing. And so I'm going to read some scriptures and going to dive into some things today. And, uh, but I want, to, I want to share something with you. In these United States of America, we're blessed. Anybody been more than two days without eating today? Anybody this week? You know, you go to Africa, you get some hands up. You go to India, you'll get some hands up. But we're in America and, and, and Southwest Virginia. Come on, we're blessed. Can you say, I'm blessed? Thank God I'm not living in Iraq, Iran. Huh? But we need to be praying for those people. And, uh, but a national poll went out, and 30% of people in our nation are viewing what's going on right now as end times. Okay? Uh, in 216 New Testament chapters, there are 300 references to the end times. 300 in the New Testament that Jesus is coming back. Peter said, oh, they're always going to be scoffers. Yeah, I've heard that all my life, Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Somebody even held a sign up in a protest and said, if Jesus comes back, we're going to crucify him again. Woo-wee. It's all right. That's all right. You know, I, I saw a motorcycle guy had a tattoo, God's my judge. I said, yes, he is. And that's who I fear, not man, but God. And, you know, we don't have to be afraid of him. I don't fear him. I respect him. That, that fear translated is really is respect and honor and adore and honor God. And we need to honor God. So uh, in 23 of the 27 New Testament chapters, it talks about last days, end times. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's read some scripture. In Matthew 24, 3, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him private, privately and says, Tell us, they said, what will happen and what will the signs be of your coming at the end of the age? So they were asking then, what is the end of the age about? And show us the end of the age. The end of the age and what it's going to look like. Well, let's just dig into something. Let's go to 2 Peter. Peter talks a lot about it. In 2 Peter 3, 3 through 10, says, Know this first of all. Then in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. And when, and when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that the Word of God 
that by the Word of God the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of, out of water and by water, through which the world that at that time was destroyed reserved for fire, keep, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow about His promise, and as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, mm. not willing for any should perish, but all to come to repentance. And that's good news right there. God don't want anybody to perish. Now, I'm not talking about dying. I'm going to die one day. Okay? I'm talking about that we can come to repentance, that we, we can live forever with God. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will with intense heat and the earth and its works will be discovered. Oh, that sounds scary, Pastor. Come on, smile at somebody say, it's all right. With that in mind, let's just talk about it. Let's look, and I mentioned this a couple of Sundays ago. We're in America. We live by entertainment. What's on the TV? There's a TV band. What's going on TV up here? Football games on today. Somebody's playing somebody. Anybody ever yell at the TV other than me? They didn't hear me. Just want to tell you, they don't hear you. What movie's on? Hey, hey. Ghostbusters number four is coming on, whatever it is now. It's all commercial. Let's watch that. Like, that's going to really help you. That's going to help you survive. It's going to make you, make you better at your job, isn't it? Come on. We live for entertainment. We live for distraction. So in the last days, the Bible tells us that people are going to be distracted. It tells us that people will forget God. It tells us that people will not be ready. Do you know when Jesus came the first time, there was people in Jerusalem didn't even know he was there? It's getting quiet. Come on, I don't want to miss it. Do you know there's been revival and awakening and revival and awakening and a revival and awakening since Jesus came? Do you know people missed it? I talked about this. I, there was a Jesus movement in the 60s. I mean, the hippies were smoking dope and reading the Bible and they were getting saved and their lives were changing and they had revival. Come on, God can get through all that dope and whatever, your marijuana, your Mary Joe, or whatever you want to call it, Mary Jane, your weed, your reefer, all those names. God can break right through that alcohol. Amen. He can break through a hard-headed mind. And so, so as we look at this, we want to be focused on God. We cannot lose our focus. I'm not saying we can't be entertained. I'm not saying we can't have fun. But we have to focus. Amen. So, so, so let's look, what, what should I do? What am I supposed to do? And that's what we're going to talk about today is what you're supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do, because uh, we can get distracted, we can lose it. So number one, I should think clearly. Everybody say clearly. clearly. Come on, be, I know the King James said sober-minded. Come on, just want to be clear about some things. I need to be clear that Jesus is Lord that God the Father and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Come on, I need to be clear about some things. I need to think clearly. I, I need to know. And you know what? It's really not about the end times. It's about the time you have left. 
That's what it's about. We can't be looking at the end times. Yeah, I got one eye on the I got one eye on the clouds. I got one eye. I know Jesus is coming. That's my blessed hope. But guess what? What if I die before he comes? It's not about me dying, it's about me living. I have got to live for him. I have to live my life to the best of my ability. It's about living in this time that I have left. It's what I'm doing with it. You know, know what to do with the time you have. That's what's thinking clearly is about. 1 Peter 4, 7 in NIV says, The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. <laughs> Let me give you an example. You ain't clear-minded. And you ain't praying. You're complaining, you're griping, you're in worry, you're fear, you're stressed out, and ah! Be clear-minded. Okay, Lord, this is a pretty big issue in my life. I need to talk to you about it just for a minute. Hmm? My heart is broken. I need some healing. Lord, I am stressed out about my children. I cast my care over on you. Hmm? Get clear-minded about some things. Get clear-minded about life. Get clear-minded about what God wants you to do in life. Get clear-minded about your witness. Get clear-minded about that God loves you, that God loves your neighbor who you don't like. All right. I can't stand working them people inside me right there. Come on now. God loves them as much as he loves you. That's called grace. Okay? We don't think they deserve it, but we didn't either. Come on. And so, so it's eternity and what time we're going to do with it. 62% of Americans believe the second coming is coming. In Philippians 3, 18 through 21, let's read this. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. This is Paul talking to the Philippians, the people who lived in Philippi. How about the with, with villains, huh? people living with county? He said, I have told you, mm, and I say it with tears in my eyes, that there are many who conduct shows, uh, their conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. He's talking about Christians. Christians that don't love, Christians that, that mouth off, Christians that are mean. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. <laughs> Man. I can't wait till he becomes king over everything because he's a just king. He's a righteous king. He's a loving king. And guess what? He's king, but he's my brother. He's my savior. It's good to have your brother as king. You can call him up. Hey, king, it's your brother. We need some help. Come on. It's a change of mind and a focus on, on what God can do and what God is doing. We, don't, we, we, we lose our focus on what God is doing. So here's, here's the challenge. Ask the people closest to you, are you 
an example. Are you living the life that God wants you to live heading towards the last days? Yeah, that's tough. Well, then you know what? If you don't want to ask somebody, the Bible says judge yourself. Judge yourself. Am I living right? Am I doing what's right? Then we have to change. I know this is, this is, this is not fun, is it? It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, the fun part is, is God's grace and mercy will empower you to help you change to live a holy life, to live a life for Him. Because He loves you. He gave you that power to live a life for Him. All right. If nobody like that one, let's go to number two. I should focus on relationships. Come on, if you got a spouse in here, you need to be focused on that relationship. But you know who's first? God's first. Then your relationship. Then your children. That's the order. We teach that family order. God's first. Man, you see people say, my, kid, my children are everything. No, no. God's everything. If God's not everything, you're going you're gonna to mess it up with your kids. If God's not everything, you're going to mess it up with your spouse. Amen. Because you're going to be in a constant argument. Let me just get, let me get a breath. Yeah. And your relationships. We have got to have relationship, but we got to have, you know, there's three kinds of relationships. This is just my three kinds. You need to be receiving from somebody that's smarter than you or more spiritual than you or something for you. And you need to be walking with somebody that's on your level spiritually. They encourage them. You encourage them. And you need to be pulling somebody up. That's the three Christian relationships. Jesus is number one, but you also need to be hearing from somebody. You got to have somebody you can call. And it ain't just always me. But you got to have somebody that can spend some time with you. Somebody that can speak into your life. Somebody that you're walking with. That could be your spouse. Well, my spouse is not very spiritual. Pull them up. Pull them up. Pray for them. Pray for them, pull them up. And then you're all pulling somebody up. You're the encouragement to somebody. Because all of you do, if you focus on you, you're going to get depressed. What you don't have, well, I don't know, I'm no good, I'm this and that and the other. You may be the only person to reach somebody and pull them up. They'll never walk in this place, but you could pull them up. They'll never come to church, but you could encourage them to give their heart and their life to Jesus. Amen? 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9. Now, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. People are the only thing we come in contact with that is eternal. Listen, we're eternal. That tree in your backyard is not eternal. The grass that you fertilize in water is not eternal. You are eternal. I'm going to live forever. Heaven or hell. I've already made my choice. I'm going to heaven. And I hope you go too. I want you to go. God said he would have none perish. No, not one. But we have got to maintain our, our focus uh, and its own relationship, make differences and we should make a difference, too. Do you know, when I read, offer hospitality without grumbling, you ever been to eight somebody's house, they invited you? And you're sitting there, and if you had this area, you're sitting in the living room, and they're in the kitchen cooking the meal, and they're griping about the whole time. 
I can't believe they come on. I didn't, you know, not, not all going to cook for these people. I don't want to eat that. I don't want to eat. They may be spitting in it or whatever. It, it's good enough. Let's just serve it. It's like my pastor said, he went and did a preach, and they, they, he stayed at the people's house, the, the church he preached at. They said, come stay with us. They didn't wash the bowl. They just cleaned the ring out and dumped the ice cream in it. Soup bowl. Would you, don't, don't eat too deep, you know. You just kind of eat the top part. It's like that one boy, he brought this preacher the, the chicken. He had a dead chicken in his hand. He said, here, preacher, my daddy said, give you this. He said, well, thank you. And he plucked that chicken, and here the next day, the boy come up and said, here, preacher, my daddy said to give you this. He said, well, thank you. And the next day, he showed up with another chicken and said, here you go, Pastor. He said, you don't have to tell your daddy quit killing them chickens and bring it to him. I got enough. He goes, it's all right. They were dying anyway. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a blessing, right? No. They're dead already. But we have to have hospitality. People uh, are the only thing that we come in contact. That's why we really push for greeters. We push for people to greet but you know what? We also push that you meet your neighbor, love your neighbors, uh, minister to them. Number three, and we got we got a fun day today. We're baptizing four people, but you know, in this commercial break, we're also going to have a marriage at the end of the service today. So don't leave, okay? Don't leave. We're going to have fun. Number three, I should make a difference. Come on, you can make a difference. You can make a difference in somebody's life. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 in NIV said, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. As faithful stewards, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that, he, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Come on, that lays out how we should serve, how we should make a difference. If you're going to say something, say it as Jesus would say it. Just be blessed, okay? I'm tired of y'all. Get out now. <laughs> Jesus didn't do that. Come on, if you're going to serve somebody, you know, it's like I said, they're in the kitchen griping about, you know, people gripe about everything. Man, it's, it's just everybody's offended about everything today. I have people don't like me because I don't like chocolate ice cream. Yeah, see there, he's already offended. He's leaving. I'll mix it with some vanilla. It'd be good. I'm playing. I'm just using that as an example. Because everybody likes ice cream, huh? So my, my point is, don't be so offended. Whoop-de-doo. What does it matter in the light of eternity? Amen. Nothing. Amen. What does it matter in the light of eternity? Come on, you can't let somebody steal your eternity. Your joy. That's what they want. The devil wants your joy. The devil wants your peace. You're not praying when you're not in peace, and you're not praying when you don't, you don't have any strength, the Bible says, when you're not joy. Joyous and being full of joy. Contrary to what you hear, do you know the gospel's growing? Anybody want to guess how many people are getting saved today in China? I'll go ahead and tell you. 35,000 people today are getting saved in China. I know there's millions of people there, but still... 35,000 in China, and guess what? They can't meet like this. The, most of their pastors are in prison. They memorized, a, there was a lady in prison there, and they gave her the book of Jude because they had tore it out, and she turned it hand to somebody else, and they said, you don't want that? She said, I memorized that last year. How many, how many, how many, how many books have we got memorized? 
they have to memorize it because they can't own it. Just saying. Can you say, I'm blessed? We can meet, we can fellowship, we can eat together, we can read our Bible anytime we want. We can listen to Christian music. Come on, we're blessed. And, 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 and you know, we can make a difference because we're blessed. And we ought to be. You know, our, our sister brought up that we need to pray for all these people, like in China, that are, are being beaten, being put in prison. Come on, we can make a difference through prayer. But you can also make a difference with this. Money is a tool. And it's not to can it and can all you can and put it in the backyard and bury it in the ground. It's to be given away, to help somebody. Well, I don't know them people. I saw them people. Come on, quit gripping. They're not looking at that. You're looking at building the kingdom of God into somebody. Jeff always says it when he takes up the offering. You'll meet people in heaven that you change your life by giving that dollar, giving that $10. You know, we got missionaries in Africa. We got missionaries and we sponsor people that go all over the world. And we don't, we don't know how many uh, uh, Global Awakening, Global Ventures. Global Ventures are up to over 2 million people. And it's just him and his wife. And he puts teams together. And they count how many people they contact, they talk to, how many people got saved, how many people got healed. Come on, they're doing something for the kingdom of God. That's how we can reach the world. Because I got right here on my pulpit, are you a sender or are you a goer? Are you a laborer or are you a sender? Well, I, I can't go to Africa, Pastor. I, then send somebody. That's how we make a difference. And we send. And we bless. And we, and we go. And we're affecting the world right here from, from, from with, Withville, Virginia, in Southwest Virginia. We affect the world. America is the number one, number one giver to proclaim the gospel around the world. We don't need to be caught up in some things. So number four, I should receive God's grace. Come on, get your heart ready. What? In, in 2 Peter 3, and I'm going to start at verse 10. I gave him verse 11. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. And verse 11 says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? What kind of people ought we be? What kind of godly lives should we live? We live for today. Like there's no tomorrow, like there's no eternity, like there's no heaven to gain and no hell to walk away from. But we have to live for God. And we have to receive His grace, but we also have to be a giver of His grace. You can't give what you don't have. That's why I said you got to receive the grace of God. Once you got it, it's better than the coronavirus. It's more, it's more addictive and more, uh, you know, catch it. Anybody other than me like to go to somebody that's gracious, go to their house? You like to go to their house. Yeah. Man, they're loving, they're gracious, they have hospitality. Man, hospitality is not a Southern thing, it's a Bible thing. You go to somebody's house and you just... I, I had a pastor come to my house one time. He took his shoes off and laid down on the couch. I'm like, what? But he, I guess he's comfortable. I must, I must you know, I'm a, I have a pretty hospitable. Hosp, I must be pretty hospitable. He took his shoes off. I'm like, dude's going to sleep. My kids, my kids, they would bring their friends in, 16, 17-year-old, and the kids would go to sleep sitting at my house. 
But I mean, they was wild, wild kids. But the, the presence of God was there. They could relax. They wasn't worried about life. Come on. Life will run you in the ground. The devil, will, if he can't stop you, he'll push you. Amen. I mean, you know that. He'll push you down the road, push you so hard that, that you know, you, you'll, you'll eat up. Let's read, let's read Isaiah 55. Isaiah is one of my favorite chapters in verse 55. In verse 6 and 7, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. And let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. He will freely pardon. He will freely pardon. He will freely pardon. Remember I said right after worship, hold your hands out. You got to receive that pardon. You got to, you'd be a partaker. You got to partake. I, I push this so much. It's because, well, if the Lord want me to have it, he just give it to me. Well, he didn't want you to learn how to drive. You went after it. He didn't put those shoes on you. You picked those. He didn't comb your hair like mine. Come on. You pick that hairstyle. You pick those clothes. You pick those shoes. Then you need to pick God. Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. You know, not everybody chose to serve God of all the Israelites there. I don't do that. I... A lot, most of them did, but they didn't kill the ones who didn't. God's grace is on us all. God's mercy and kindness is on us all, but we can make choices that will shorten our life. We can make choices that are wrong choices, not to serve him, not to recognize him, not to do the things that he's called us to do. Do other things. I don't know about you, but I graduated about 32 in my high school class. 32 whopping kids. You know, as a junior in high school, we lost a kid to alcohol, drinking and driving. As a sophomore, we lost one. As a junior, we lost one. As a senior, we lost one. Wrong choices. Wrong choices. You know, we live for the moment in America. People in Africa are, are we got to save some of this seed. We got to plant it next year. We're, they're planting, they're working, they're planting. But you know what? We're living for the entertainment. We're living for the moment. Let's get drunk. Oh, yeah. We make wrong choices for the moment. We don't make choices for eternity. I'm asking you to check your choices. Are you making choices for eternity? Are you pushing your kids to make choices for eternity? Are you encouraging one another? Let's make choices for eternity. And when you look at and judge at what you're doing is, what does this matter in the light of eternity? Because we get mad about stuff that does not matter in the light of eternity. He got a better car than I do. What does that matter? Uh-uh. So, that's what I'm pushing today. I'm, I'm wanting us to check ourselves. Yeah, you know what? If Jesus comes back before I die, awesome. But if he doesn't, I've got to live my life. I can't live my life being afraid that Jesus will come back before I get this done or that I'll die before I get this done. If I live in that fear, I won't be able to help my grandchildren. I won't be able to help my wife. I won't be able to help my family. I won't be a witness to you or anybody else. We can't live in a life of fear. Are doing what we want to do. We need to do and learn to do what God. Because guess what? We're his representatives. Have you ever thought about that? He's the king and you're the knight. 
knight in shining armor. He's the king. He's the king and you're his ambassador. Are you representing him well? Are you that ambassador? Come on, can you smile for Jesus? Even when you don't feel like it? You can smile at somebody. You know, I'm going in here. You know, I was telling somebody they was asking about, you know, about disciplining their children. And it goes for us too. I said, you all right, you're going to Walmart. If your kid's crying for candy or crying for a toy, you go all the way to Walmart. Hey, we're going to Walmart today. We will not cry for toys. We will not cry for candy. Or we'll just leave the buggy where it's at and we'll walk out. You got to teach them. But how about you? I'm going to Walmart today. I'm going to smile at somebody. I'm going to take my one good tooth out and I'm going to smile at somebody. <laughs> I'm going to be kind today to that lady at the register. I'm going to walk in kindness today at the waitress at the restaurant. You know, I said that three Sundays ago that if, if, if the waitress hates to see you coming, you're not being a witness. How we treat people is how we're known. You don't have to say Jesus nothing. You can smile, tip big, and encourage. Then they're going to know, okay. We went out to eat with a group of friends one time, and I'm, I'm close. we're circling the airport. We're going to land this airplane in just a minute. And there were six, seven of us or eight of us talking and cutting up and laughing, and the waitress said, where do y'all know each other from? Somebody said, church. She goes, I want to go to church with y'all. We weren't cussing. We weren't drinking. We were acting like we, we, we were full of God. We were enjoying ourselves. She said, I want friends like y'all. I want to sit at your table. I want to go to church with y'all. That's what life is about. We're supposed to live life to the fullest, to the funnest, and be that light and that witness. Amen? Bow your heads today. Father, we thank you that you just stir us up, Lord God, to seek you and serve you all the days of our life. Father, that we are a light. You said in your word that every believer is light and salt that we keep people, that we're the light to show Jesus to the world. Father, not everybody in here, matter of fact, none of us are perfect, but Lord, that's what your grace is about. Lord, that we be quick to repent and that you clean us up and that you can turn our testimony into triumph, that you can turn our failures and our weaknesses into victory, no matter what. So if you don't know Jesus today, will you just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to know this Jesus. There's a hand, but I, I want to know this Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I know the Lord, but I haven't been living for him and I have been in a mess of trouble because of it. You want to change your life and you want to live for God. You're making a commitment to him, not me. Come on, lift your hand and say, I'm, I'm going to pray today, Pastor. Is that you? Just lift your hand. I see that hand. Let's all pray this together. Say, Father, thank you for grace and mercy and kindness. Everything that you have given to us. Lord, cleanse us. Renew our hearts that we can follow after you 
in peace, in love, in joy, that your mercy and your grace fill us up and pour us out on others that they might know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.